What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and I am joined by Benjamin Hall. Benjamin, how are you doing? You okay? I'm doing relatively okay right now. Good, good. Well, I'll take that. It's, it's like you say, it's been, a, it's been an odd couple of years and stuff, but we're now here to talk comics. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are returning to the Desert Island. We're going to be at the Desert Island Comics, and, and Benjamin has chosen three issues, uh, three single issues. He's made that choice. He's packed them in his bag, and he's taken them with him, and we've got three that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about in chronological order. Shazam, number one, from 1973. Adventure Man, number one, from 2020. And Frontiersman, number one, from 2021. Um. So, as always, I usually go off and, and attempt to read these. I had trouble getting Shazam one. I haven't been really able to read it, so I've got bits and pieces. But um, you can, uh, Shazam number one? Yeah, I think it's quite a... I was on, not the DC app. I went on to sort of, like, uh, Amazon yeah, I, for comics. I, I, I thought it would be easier for you to find, but yeah. since they got collections, but it's like we ha- have the collections up, but we don't have the actual... Th- Single yeah, so you're gonna have to sort of t- take me through that one now. I do know about obviously Shazam and, and and you know him being Captain Marvel, the original. If you you know we want to get down to that, um, but then we will go into Adventure Man, which I I will say was like I really enjoyed that. That's that's one I'm going to continue to. And read. that was like three issues worth. Oh yeah, like it's a big issue. First issue is great. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then we'll get to Frontiersman as well, which is 2021. So let, let's get, let's go back to 1973. You know, we're, we're talking sort of handlebar moustaches, big uh, big uh, mutton shop sideburns, and everyone's. Really I wasn't even going. a twinkle in anybody's no, eye. No, me neither. At least eight, eight years before I was born. So yeah, but yeah, let's talk about so Shazam number one. Why did you choose Shazam number one? Well, I figured I need a fun issue. For being on a desert island, mm. so whether I'm there intentionally or not, it doesn't matter. It's just a case of you need something fun, you need something frivolous and quick, because you, maybe you're going to do something else on the desert island. I don't know. Yeah. Nah. And this one, um, I picked. Also because of the fact that it's got two good stories in it. One from the Golden Age, one from the Bronze. Mm -hmm. And a little history about the uh, character's publishing. Mm, Go for it. As well as explanations of some of the side characters you see in the main story. Oh, I saw that. It has like an origin, doesn't it? So it does say about like, because when I was looking at this, it's obviously, this is... How best to put it? Although it's a single issue, it's like an anthology. It collects those shorter sort of, let's say, golden age stories. And yeah, that. it has a um, origin where <laughs> the wizard is just like, "Okay, time for me to die," and then he's like, "Holy moly!" <laughs> and then, and that was probably a little loud. Sorry, folks. No, but uh, he um, then just gets reassured from the wizard in like the next panel. Yeah, the wizard ghost rather. It's, I, I like some of those things in the in the um. Yeah, we've had this sort of like decompressing of comics over the years, and obviously sort of reached its peak sort of I think in the early two thousands. But yeah, you watch a golden age, you read a golden age comic, and in like oh, eight this, pages, this was the Bronze Age retelling of. Oh, was it? it's like the Bronze Age one as well. Oh god, yeah, those are, I love some. The of Golden stuff, Age though. story is about a guy who find this old man who finds the string. And it's seemingly endless, and it, he's starting to pull out stuff from this other dimension. Wow, and, that's and there's the scientists, and just it's it's weird. It's from 1946, and it's just a reprint of one of Captain Marvel's early adventures. I, I kind of like that though. I was going to say because because uh, Captain Marvel or you know Shazam, 
sort of thing, represents sort of like an earlier time. Obviously, you know, they, they, I think he has that sort of even more so than, than, than Superman in some ways, that sort of Boy Scout thing, because he's supposed to be a kid. Um, yeah. And an innocent kid at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but some of the, like you say, some of the stories, I have seen a couple, like, they, they, they were not afraid of just going, yeah, we're going to be weird. Like, we're not going to make, you know, we're not aiming for realism. This is a comic, and we're going to, like you say, we're going to have some fun and wacky, and we're going to go for it. So I kind of respect that, that they're going to do that. Um, you know, in 1946. So it's quite good, you know, getting that reprint. So, And they also uh, have sort of, you know how the Wonder Woman series with Linda Carter had her go from 1940s to 1970s? Yes. They sort of do something similar to that with this first issue's story uh, where they go, okay, here's the origin. And now we're pointing out that he and his cast of usual characters and some, uh, at least three villains uh savannah and two of his his two evil kids mm-hmm. um all got tra- su- stuck in suspendium yeah <laughs> gotta give uh, it a name almost suspendium and savannah also ended up accidentally stuck in there because his kid walloped him on the back proudly <laughs> yeah and so we they end up in 1970s because of that. Now, they're still on a different Earth than the regular adventures of Superman and all that, mm-hmm. or even the Earth 2 superheroes. Yeah, because as, as I say, because it's not... I can't remember which world Earth it is, but there's like a... Cause in Earth the, in, S, I think. It's the what, sorry? Yeah. Uh, Earth what, number? S. Oh, S, okay, yeah. Because yeah. it's one Which's of those ones... Yeah, because when they did like multiverse, because one of those things, obviously, with you know, multiversity, and they've obviously gone into the multiverse more and more, giving them all their own thing. I kind of like the fact that there is like there's just a Shazam that you know, where this sort of like the Marvel family live, um, and that's their world. And you've obviously got like all their characters. Uh, I don't know, the thing is, I don't know the Marvel characters that well. Excuse me, I know some of them, you know, obviously, the the, the sort of the family, but more sort of like from the 52, you know, new 52 onwards kind of thing. Because they have them, they have like a tiger in a suit. With a, with a, Bonnie, a the talking tiger. Yeah, yeah. He, he appears. I I don't think he's appearing in this issue. Mm. Maybe he does. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd actually have to just pull over right now on the, the issue right now and just go check. But I'm not going to. But he um, is a talking tiger who. They've done some things with in the present day, but they've mainly stayed away from him being just a mm. tiger who magically gets trousers and stuff. Yeah, going back to that golden age of weirdness where they're just sort of like, we don't need to explain it, it's just a tiger yeah. in trousers. Um, well, it's a, su- a whole suit deal, like yes, a, it is a three piece suit. suit. It's always oh, even a suit, it's just a three piece suit, isn't it? And, and the works, um, yeah, I, he's also very eloquent. He is. Doesn't he represent later on? Do they have him representing like a race? Like there's a race of tiger warriors or tiger uh, people or something. Final Crisis. They had him become king of these experimental versions of the Commandy Tigers. That's right. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. I think he killed Caesar. Yeah. Or Calback yeah. or Calback and Caesar. Something like that. Yeah. I, I just remember that I read Final Crisis not too long ago. And I was like, oh, that rings a bell. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing like I said, these characters, such a, it's such a. I like the fact that you said um, fun. You know, there's no, there's yeah. no sort of like weight or baggage or, or politicization with the, with the, with sort of like, especially from seventy three. No, not from seventy three, really. With this, especially with reprint stuff, so it's good to dip into those different areas. And, and also, it's a mixed bag, so it's got lots of different things in there to yeah. sort of, um, you know, you can take different things from. Um, Beyond that, though, because the thing is, obviously, this is like an introduction issue, so that works as well. So it's like it acts sort of a standalone. Yeah. Um. I mean, I assume I didn't check this actually. I just because this was number one. So like two, three, and four, and onwards, did they become just Bronze Age comics, or were they still reprinting stuff? Uh, there were some reprints, but for the most part, it was new stuff, and up until around the time of the TV show. Mm. oh god yeah (laughs) and then and then they did this weird stuff where they would have certain issues be reprints and 
Yeah, it's because uh, DC implosion, explosion, ex implosion deal was mm -hmm. around before. So yeah, uh, so that affected things. But the, you also had the uh, factor of just they they he took the weird traveling in the van with the uncle, actual uncle Dudley, and changed the look of the characters for some of the stories. To match the TV show and the right, whole, he he talks to the elders. Mm. Kind of okay, that's disappointing. So, you... so, it, so it's okay, but it's not what I think of when yeah. I think Captain Marvel or Shazam. Yeah, yeah, you, you sort of you're more relatable. You more relate, you enjoy more that original sort of setup. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. I mean. I would say that um, we'll get to Adventure Man shortly, but Shazam represents to me that sort of more, even more so than Superman. In some cases, represents to me that sort of like the golden age of, of superheroes. Um, Superman, I sort of see as having evolved and sort of moved sort of beyond that, but Shazam. Oh, still yeah. even even in the golden age, Superman quickly moved on and. Uh, Sadly, he also stole a lot from Captain Marvel's yes. adventure. Yes. Um, yeah, but like, there's something about Captain Marvel. Um, the, you know, the, the idea of, of Billy Batson becoming, the, you know, the boy becoming the, the hero and, and the, even the costume styling with the sort of, like, you know, the, the the cape with, you know, and, and sort of there's the red uh, with the big sort of um, bright, bolt on the front it's sort of i don't know there's something about it i just find i actually um a draw I'm, I'm drawn to that in a sort of way of like yeah that's that feels like the golden age of comics to me sort of more well, so I, th I think that's also partly due to the fact that it's a very specific hunger related primary colors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because those colors are like associated with mcdonald's and other fast food places where it's like <laughs> Uh, let's get you hungry people and wanting to buy our junk. So, so what you're saying is, whenever I see, I'm not relating him to uh, the Golden Age. I'm, I am literally looking and going, mm, nuggets, <laughs> Big Mac. Well, I'm, I'm so, more like, mm, <laughs> I'm hungry for this. Yes. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, he, he definitely sort of. Um, it's one of those characters I haven't read. I, I will. I'll, confession time. Let me put it this way. I do struggle to read Golden Age comics. Like I've tried, yeah. I've dipped in, and I've read, I've read certain ones and specific ones, and this and that. But I find them very, very hard to read because they're also hard to find, at yeah. least here in America. You know, it's like you look for DC stuff or charlatan, uh, basically any anything from the golden age, and it is like either thousands of dollars or just you can't find yeah. it digitally for cheap. Well, that's the thing. Like, even the collected editions, like they'll print them, but they're like usually like a limited run, or they're sort of like, oh, they're only for so many certain people. So they do like, uh, you know, like a um, premiere hardback edition, and it's like, you know, a hundred and some dollars, and you're like, yeah, I'm not buying that just to read a couple of Golden Age comics. It's a shame, really. They should be more accessible. Even, yeah. I think, you know, hopefully there'll be more on the DC app for some uh -huh. of the characters, but not to mention they also discontinue those runs like crazy. Mm. You know, it's like. Oh well, yeah, we're doing this brand spanking new imprint or run or whatever, and we're just going to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of short runs and lots of. But I know this happens a bit. I mean, Marvel became incredibly sort of um, renowned for doing that with like their characters. You know, like twelve issue runs, not eighteen issue runs, and you get another. It's not that's not a run. That's ridiculous. Like let them breathe for God's sake. Yeah, I was I was actually rather angered over the fact they abruptly stopped Black Widow recently. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, another one that's sort of like yeah, and they had to truncate their ending mm. where it's like obviously this wasn't the ending, but this is the ending you're getting, and we hope to be back someday, but probably won't. Yeah, well, this is it. I think like you know, there's been a few of those. Like, the one that the most bothered me in most recent years was Cy Spura doing Hellblazer. You know, he came back and did John Constantine uh, Hellblazer. It was great, and it went to twelve issues, and they stopped it. And it was like it was like critically acclaimed. You know, the fans loved it. 
And they're just like, oh, yeah, we're not going to carry it on. And you're just like, what? what the hell? Like, bizarre. Bizarre decision-making. But And they anyway. don't promote these things either. So no. it's like, or anywhere to get them. So, you know. Yeah, like... exactly. Um, anyway, let's, any yeah. any more thoughts on Shazam? No, because we, we did good, good discussions. Um, uh, well, I have one final thing to say about it, and hmm. that is uh, if anyone has... Er- not like the uh, current handling of Shazam, you can always go back to this series and find some good stories. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, if you're not liking anything post New 52, go back and check some of this stuff out because it's, it is, it's sort of, it definitely relates back to that more golden age, bronze age. Even the 52, even in 52 with Jeff Johns and uh, I think it was Gary Frank, mm-hmm. their stuff with Shazam, I was like, I don't like this. Because it's like, yeah, you have a point with Billy not probably not going to be a totally pure kid, but he should at least come across better than Black Adam. Yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had a rough, he's had a rough history in the last sort of decade or so, hasn't he? Really, Shazam. Yeah. It's been a bit of an odd one. So yeah, but you're right. That's a really good point. Yeah, go back and check those out. It's uh, it's it's it might be well worth your time. Um, in different ways, I'm sure you can find collected editions and other bits of pieces on eBay uh, and elsewhere. Right, jumping up, the massive jump, decade jump to very modern. Um, uh, let's talk about Adventure Man number one. Um, now, oh, this is very jumping forward and back with this one. Yes, I, I want to say, yeah, because I mean, right, yeah, I'm going to be reading this this run because I love this. I was like, oh, this is a fantastic setup. This is right, yeah, it's still straight. ongoing, just like Frontiersman is, but they're on hiatus printing wise because. Yeah. Or release wise, because it's image. Yeah, and these things they sometimes take time. But you you mentioned beforehand that this this is it's a number one, but it's like fifty something pages long. It's a, it's a ninety pages, I think. Is it? Yeah, it was a hefty hefty uh, first issue, and it was ace. Um, yeah. Just to, so you know, just to give you the listeners a bit of a uh, review, a bit of a sort of blurb of this book. So the opening of the book is set in a past period. Yeah, 1940s, 30s kind of era. Uh, The pulp era of heroes, let's put it that way. And um, the the town, a city is being attacked um, from the sky and they call it, the police commissioner has to call on um, uh, someone to come save them. He calls Adventure Man. Um, But Adventure Man has his crew of Misfits, weirdo, you know, these people. There's like a, there's like a, yeah. a, a flying ace, a, a, a burlesque dancer that's a ghost, and a magician, and, and a, like a brawler. Well, she has fan powers at that point. She's not, yeah. I don't think she's a full on ghost yet. No. At that point. But um, yeah, there's a magician, there's a, a assassin who yeah. just, uh, he's supposed to be the world's greatest, but there's a little twist to that. I don't know. I can't remember if that was in the first issue. I don't think it was. No, I don't think so. But but you'll find out if you read this. Just it's like, how is he the world's greatest assassin then? Kind of I'm I'm looking forward to finding out because I'm definitely reading more. The whole first part of the book is this adventure. It's adventure and sort of like he's called up and his crew are called up and they sort of they take on this barren mayhem um, uh, kind of thing. And they have to save the day, and it's all very pulpy. And like this is basically Doc Savage and his crew, um, and a few other, yeah, and like, a few yeah. other genres mixed in with yeah. the first group. You've got like you've got a lot of different things going on in there, and it's, but it's very very good. Drawn by um, Terry Dodson and Rachel So yes, and I love the absolutely love the art. But then it sort of stops, and what you find out is it, it stops on on the first part of the book stops on a cliffhanger, which I'm not going to spoil. But you find out that it's actually that uh, a, a mother has been reading this this adventure man book, this pulp yeah. book to her son, and he's a big fan. And she she has this family that she doesn't really sort of get on with, but she sort of does because she has to. And she runs her uh, her mother has passed, and she runs her mother's bookstore. And then all of a sudden, she's handed this this sort of compendium or this sort of. Uh, um, comportment of, of adventure man journal entries by this mysterious woman uh, and these bug people and then that's where sort of you know the adventure transfers into what would be the real world 
Um, so it's a great setup. Um, and I didn't know how long this was. So I had it on 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 Comicsology or as Amazon Comicsology. And so I, you know, I was just reading it. I was like, "This keeps going. This is brilliant." I was, I had to double check to make sure I hadn't bought like the first volume. But like, um, yeah, th- this is fantastic fun. I, I really enjoyed it. So, what, what, did, what, what made you choose this then? What was, what's the, the, the draw for you? Well, I originally picked this up after reviewing it, uh, or maybe for review for ComicCon.com, mm-hmm. and. Uh, well, it was a uh, it was something I was hesitant about originally because I had encountered Terry and Rachel's work before in Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I was like, this doesn't really suit this. This is like too clean, too um, hyper stylized in a way, mm-hmm. where it's it just didn't feel like Wonder Woman. It but I was like, okay, well, I like Matt Fraction. I like certain pulp adventures. Why not give this a chance? And I was pleasantly surprised by it. Now, this was before COVID hit and Black Lives Matter was still like doing their marches regularly. And they're probably still doing their marches. And that's a whole other matter political, <laughs> uh, that I'm not happy that it has to continue because, you know, we should have equality here. Yeah. But, you know, that's neither here nor there for this podcast. What is here nor there is the fact that this issue um, provides a good sampling of what this series is about. Mm-hmm. And it also um, allows for cliffhanger endings to actually make sense. You don't just have to feel like, oh, they ended it abruptly just because they had to end it abruptly because they couldn't think of anything better to end it with. It's more like, well, yeah, some cliffhangers are abrupt. Yeah, especially in those pulp adventures, like you say, that that was sort of like the point, wasn't it? They came in sort of serial, a lot of them, and... As in serials, in not yeah, chapters rather than, than you know conflicts, and, and, and it also has sort of that Alec Baldwin um, flair, pulp flair, where it's like oh, it's partly realistic. Mm. Yeah, it's also Alec Baldwin in the Shadow, the nineteen ninety one, where it's like partly realistic, but it's also very um, neat, clean, and idealized yes and and there's even a well what's real what's not well I, one of, shadow character yeah one yeah exactly and one of the things i'll say is you say about how sort of like the clean artists the, the clean the artists and stuff and i was just having a look and um one thing i would say is they do a really good job of um there's a slight differentiation in the art um in that when it's in i'm trying to find an image the art that's in uh adventure man the first sort of um however many pages uh like you say has that there's a slightly more it's slightly more bombastic yeah you know, it really plays up to that sort of like pulp era. You know, it's it's, it's everything sort of slightly exaggerated and the character exaggerated, and yet when it comes into the real world, like that, you know, Dodson sort of pulls it back down and, and brings it back to. Like I said, the art is, is beautifully clean, but it still feels uh, there's a there's a clear but not jarring difference between the first part and the second part, um, which I really appreciate because it's that thing of going, like, oh, they are two different worlds, like, you know, and you can utilise that later on. So, uh, it, Sadly, some... the second story arc has some artistic flaws to it, but, you know, it's still it's still reasonably good. I'm still sticking with it. Yeah, no, I see what, I see what you mean. Um, but like you say, I, 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 like, I like what they do. There's a couple of, I will admit, there's some, there's a, I think this is more of a modern thing, but there's a couple of panels when they've got lots of people in it and that feels slightly rushed or that, you know, some of the characters yeah. are less 
detailed and stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. But other than that, I, I actually really enjoy the art, and the art's fantastic. Um, and again, I like the fact that this does give... I mean, if anything, one of the things is, you, you mentioned the Shadow, you know, 1994, and, you know, I think about the Rocketeer. I love all that pulp stuff. I love, I'm a yeah. big fan of it. Um, but this also made me think of, like, those... Because you got the kid and his mom, it felt very much like a. This could be an eighty Spielberg film. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or, or or adventures in babysitting or. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It has that that sort of feel about it, so you can just dive in and enjoy this, and I think that's that's why it's sort of a a good read. Um, but I mean, are you a fan of the sort of the pulp era stuff, like you know, Doc Savage and your your Shadow, uh, Justice Inc. and and. I am a fan of what I've read so far of the Pulp Era. I haven't mm. read every little thing because there's so much of that. Oh, yeah. God, there's hundreds. hundreds. I, I've read uh, some Doc's Average Adventures and some Shadow, heard some Shadow radio programs, and yes. I'm like, this is this is good material. Yeah, it's good fun. It's, it's you know, some of those early Shadow um, uh, radio plays. Um the second era, because obviously the, the weirdly, it's one of those weird ones where the, the shadow was a narrator for the first bunch, yeah. just, and then he became the character. So when he becomes the character, he's actually, um, yeah, it's, they're cool. I do like some of those. There's, and for people that want to check them out, like literally, you can you can Google because they're they're sort of um, what are they called? Non out of copyright now, and so they're available in a lot of different places on YouTube. I think there's yeah. podcasts that are sort of repurposing them, and and, all and there's of places that actively reprint them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go find them out because they are they have really good. I've got I've got a whole bunch of like Doc Savage and, and, and Shadow, uh, pulp novels, and they're really good fun. They have really good fun. Highly. The only them. one I can say that is a mix of the, because you mentioned copyright. The only character from the pulps that I can honestly say is probably still somewhat owned by the creators. Is Conan. Mm-hmm. His estate, Robert E. Howard's estate, I think, still owns some of the copyright, maybe. Yes, which is why it seems to bounce between uh, publishers all the time. Like it was at, obviously been to DC, it's been to Marvel, and now yeah. it's actually moving to Titan. So it's, it's. Yeah. Um, I, it just, I feel bad for uh, the creators who were working on with. Uh, the continuity having Conan mm. at Marvel, and now it's like, uh, yeah, our stories can't really be reprinted, or if they do, are, we have to call them something else. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting on that. Um, because and, and they were good, there was some good stuff coming at Marvel, did some good stuff with Conan, yeah. so um, yeah, it'll be interesting what they do with them, but you know, the pulp era, the pulp era, era stuff, it's it's interesting how. We were talking about sort of uh, Superman and the other sort of moving, evolving past their golden age roots. Yeah. However, there is still this sort of love, um, almost intrinsic love, like you know, within sort of pop culture of those pulp heroes. You know, you get sort of th- th- those sort of archetypes crop up again and again. I mean, you know, everything from like the movies we talked about, the Rocketeer or the Shadow, sort of in the nineties, or Indiana Jones, or and, and people forget that. Uh, while the Punisher is inspired by Death Wish, that he's still in also a character that is much of a pulp error. Oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. You see them all over, and that's the thing. Even like you say, all those sort of um, yeah, Marvel and DC. Like, like, the question, you know, um, is yeah, is... And, and and the big destruction with the event comics. You you would see stuff like that in the Spider, where <laughs> yes. it's yeah. like, okay, let's have this big destructive event happen, and yet people are still living in this locale. Yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some great ones in the shadow of that actually. Like, say, city gets like it's New York, like gets like parts of New York get like flattened and stuff, and then like, you know, we'll see you next time, and you're like, all oh, right, cool, we're moving on from that then. Like, that's never going to be mentioned again. Doesn't matter. And that's yeah. that's the fun of it. That is the the point. So, um, and that's what inspired comics. And that's why I think they're there. They're almost there, aren't they? In sort of like the grassroots. I mean, yeah, they keep coming through again. You know, watch, uh, read, um, Planetary. That's what I was just looking at. You know, uh, Warren Ellis's Planetary, and that's obviously got the in the mess older, but yeah. And I'd only recommend that now for people to read if they're buying it secondhand. 
Yes. Uh, y- yes. Uh, th- th- yeah. It's it's a different. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good read. It's a good read, but it's uh, yeah, controversial. But that one is also. I figured out his formula, and so now I'm like, yeah, it's very self-insert. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that sort of you know. There's some obviously with Warren Ellis. There's there's a lot of controversy there. So it's, it's obviously a sticky subject. Well, without getting into the controversy, I yeah, yeah. That but even his more. his writing, yeah, yeah. So, so the, I, I do like this Paul Pierce. And obviously, you add in the family dynamic, and it's going to have you know it's going to touch that thing. So I, I I think this is a great choice, and I'm glad you introduced me to this because this is one I'm actually going to go out and check and get the first volume. Uh, get the, although the it's, seven, got, it's got some interesting dimensions to see if you buy it physically. Uh, it's you like going to be hard to shelve. Oh, is it, is it oversized? Oh, I love an oversized. Yeah, but it's, it's done in a uh, way that if you're going to hand it, have, if you have kids or no kids, they can easily pick it up and look through it. That's a bit of a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? Really? <laughs> you want them to read, but I don't really want them touching my stuff. It's one of those... <laughs> well, those you don't want them touching your stuff at a certain age. Where yeah, it's like, that's true. I'm just going to break it. Yeah, sticky fingers and breaking the egg. Oh, well, kids. Um, anyway, any any more thoughts? Any final thoughts about Adventure Man? Uh, let's see. Only that it, if someone starts it, they should keep an open mind for the second arc because while it, start, it, it takes off from a cliffhanger, it also will end on a cliffhanger and they get a little repetitive with some of the issues. Okay. Stick yeah, out. Where it's, where it's like, the where's the plot going? Is it even going? Kind of deal. Okay. Still worth, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, Still worth it. checking out, though. Still worth checking out. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to recommend this, this first issue. It was fantastic. Um, right. And bringing right up to the, the next year, to 2021, um, you introduced me to uh, Frontiersman. Um, which is um, another it's a, it's a good book, I enjoyed it actually got some interesting dynamic dimensions to it um, however it fits into another trope that I, I've sort of seen going out which is the um, aging superhero um, having to look back on his life and, and you know make those sort of a, final, a decision in his, in his old age sort of thing we've you know, seen it a few times yeah. now but it's um, but that's what this is, this guy Frontier lives out in the woods and um, he's called upon to sort of front a an eco campaign, and really, this first issue is about him considering his past. You know what he did, where he is now, and should he should should he do this, come out of retirement, sort of thing. Yes or no? Um, and again, I thought this was really good fun. I, I really enjoyed this. I, I one of the hooks for me is not just the aging superhero and the uh, Green Arrow parallels. Yeah. But the um, fact that, and this is really why I chose it, the fact that the conversations are so good. And you also get some diff- actual discussion politically about things in a way that feels natural mm-hmm. and without feeling like, oh, well, this person's like so on board with this versus that. It, call, it calls it out actually, doesn't it? Like in the issue, yeah. it actually calls it out and it says, um, because he, he's he's uh, uh, approached and he actually says, like, Well, you, you know, well, you, you've spoken to everybody else, haven't you? Then and he's like, Yeah, kind of. This kid who's who's calling him out to sort of join this campaign, yeah. and then, but then they talk about it and he says, Yeah, but you know, what he says, Well, why, don't, why can't you use one of them? He said, Well, they just use the buzzwords, like it's just about getting through an interview, like you lived it, like you actually did stuff where you were being, you know, you were being opposed and, by like the police and, and the people. And... and then Frontiersman is basically saying, Uh, yeah, but I'm sort of out of it now and yeah. I, I'm not up to date. And yeah, it's... that's it, like he says, he's out of the loop, and it's created this level of like cynicism as well. That he was like, Look, I tried, you know, I said all these things, I did all these things nothing's changed you're still having to do this stuff again um and so i like this idea of having to sort of like look back and consider your place and and um it's you know your legacy what did you leave behind what did you achieve uh is what this sort of this book sort of says to me um 
And so I like I like that it's exploring that in, in this kind of way. And in a fun way. Like he's not like this isn't like a heavy, heavy book. It's it's not fun. Watchmen. It is far no. from Watchmen. Yeah. Where it's like everybody's a very edgy, very extreme about their opinions. Yeah, no, this is definitely not that. I mean it's it's, it's left leaning and you can sort of feel that and sort of it's blatantly in there, but no, it well, definitely feels I more... wouldn't say it's blatantly left leaning. I'd say it's almost blatantly left leaning because yeah. You can do get some opinions on the right side and the center. And that's, yeah, great point, actually. It's fair. It's quite a a sensible book, isn't it? Like, it's not just like rah, rah, rah. Like, he's actually made some very sort of like common sense opinions. Um, And so, yeah, no, it it was an interesting book. The art's good as well, actually. I really quite enjoyed the art. Um, It's a bit more sketchy, that sort of like rougher edge and stuff, but uh, I still like it. but yeah, the Frontiersman, it feels like a comic that who 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 released it by the way? I didn't I forgot to check. Image. It is an image, image comic. Both uh, Adventure Man and Frontiersman. Yeah. It feels uh, they, both, they both go on hiatus at different times. Right. Um yeah, it feels like that kind of thing. I was gonna say that or maybe like boom or something would have done it, but it feels like sort of like this is a a, a passion project. Like, you know, this is representing someone's feelings someone's out someone's yeah. opinions um and so it feels it's got that weight behind it where it's fun and it's still got some silly moments and it's got some you know some good humor in it but it, it to me it still felt like it's got some uh personal weight going on which i thought which i like when it, when people bring those kind of things to the story yeah and you sort of get the feeling that he had a black canary of his own and the first mm-hmm. issue but they haven't fully delved into that part of his history yet. Mm. How many issues have been released now? Is it 2021? Uh, there was like five or six issues of the um, first of uh, released and uh, a lockup special was definitely released where he goes to jail at the end of the <laughs> He goes to jail uh, awaiting trial for some stuff that happens in those issues mm. and they're going to bring it back uh, with uh they, they're currently doing a um in the same universe thing with a punisher style character called guiana right uh in the uh anthology series um image anniversary whatever 30th anniversary or whatever okay so they're expanding this then that's kind of cool i like when they do that as well so there's not yeah there's not there to explore. I mean this basically is like frontiersman basically he where he is exactly what you you know you think when he was a hero he basically wore sort of like a Davy Crockett outfit. Yeah. Um, Davy Crockett with but with a Lone Ranger to stop weird the dominant weird dominant yeah. mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah no it's, it's it's got some interesting ideas. Um, I I would I would like to know more. And again, I may look at volume one at least. I just want to know if he ever hits anyone with the pots he ha- has around his belt. Oh, yeah. The, the design's interesting because it's one of those sort of designs that say it's good fun. Um, I, I like the look of it, but it seems incredibly impractical. <laughs> like he wouldn't sort of go, oh, that seems like it's the, the way to go to, you know, be jumping Well, it's also sort of more real world because you, you'd figure that a. Um, person who calls themselves frontiersman or green arrow or whatever would have something like that you know if they're going for a certain aesthetic or if they're just you know more inclined to be out in the wild yes yeah they're looking to to to, to present that kind of image um yeah that makes sense yeah, it, it's a good look. I mean, it's an inter- it's an interesting look. At least it's 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 recognizable. Yeah, um, and it, and it also gets away from the parallels of Green Arrow a bit. Yes, yeah. So it, it's got some, um, you know, like you say, it's got some good ideas. It's sort of, um, it's it's yeah. So it's, it's I, I'm trying to think how to frame my thoughts on it a little bit because it's good. I really enjoyed it, actually. And I've said why, and I'm looking for reasons. I think that there's, um, as, as you said, like you see, it sounds like it's gone in an interesting, in an interesting direction. Which well, is well, what good. about the coloring? 
Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, let, let's let me just pull this. I was just looking at an image of it actually. So one of the things I would say is there's a couple of panels or a couple of pages where um, let's see if I can find the one I'm thinking about so I can reference it. So in that first issue, I mean, there's some that are really cool. Like the opening page is really cool. You get the forest, yeah. and you got and, and it, the, yeah. uh, the varied greens on that. And yeah. Um, and then so there's other panels that look look good, but then it, there's others that sort of it feels a little too washed out. Yeah. At times, uh, and I find that the color panels sort of, or the the colors sort of don't. Word. Yeah, they don't pop enough. Like there's some very busy panels, and you really have to look at what's going on. That's, that's one of the downsides of certain coloring of comics. You 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 get this like unrealistic aspect to the coloring, and sometimes it works, and sometimes like in here it's debatable, and other times it you know doesn't work at all. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it, and that's the thing. It's a very, it's a real mixed bag. There's some panels where, like, it clearly works, and then there's others where, it it's very sort of uh, almost difficult to discern what's actually going on in the panel. You have to really look at it. So, yeah, yeah and it, it doesn't help that sometimes the proportions will vary. It's got it, it switches, doesn't it? It's almost like caricature kind of sort of poses. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so it do, it does have a habit of doing that. And also, because I was thinking about this, like all three of them and stuff. I know, so I think Shazam. I have problems with sort of you know, like I said, dipping into the old stage. It's good to have a look at it. It's there. So it really came. But it came down to these two: Frontiersman versus uh, Adventure Man. I was like, oh, if I could only, if I could only have one, if I'm going to sign, I can only have one of these, and I'm going to read them. Like, what would it be? And I think Adventure Man to me stands out as like, oh, that's the one I'm going to read. Like, that's the one I was like instantly. Well, like, that, oh, that's that actually gives you more bang for your buck. There's, there's that as well. You definitely get more bang for your buck. Yeah, more pages. But even the sort of like I felt more for the story. I related to it. I got more from it. I think I enjoyed the art more. Um, it, 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 you know, it's the one I think I'm going to be taking. Um away from this to go oh that's the one i'm gonna i'm gonna invest in that's what i'm gonna go and check out sort of thing so um you know the, the three sort of very very different books but uh yeah that's the one that stood out for me that's the one i think i'd be sort of like you know if but whilst you're not looking i'll come over and read adventure man on the beach and on the desert island um yeah any any other thoughts about frontiersman uh my late father liked it, saw himself in the hero, but I don't think he fully <laughs> wanted to admit how much he looked like the hero <laughs> in terms of the belly issues. Yeah. You know, it's like obviously Frontiersman's uh, not had the best diet. So, since he retired. Yeah. And my father didn't want to admit that part. So. Hey, we, we, look, I can relate to that. You know, I'm, it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, I think my clothes are shrinking, not that I'm growing. I think that's the uh, uh, the way I like to think about it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed these. Well, clothes do shrink at times, yes. Yeah, not as often, not, not the moment you've bought them, they don't. I tell you. <laughs> no, not the moment you've bought them, usually. But sometimes I think that the, with the fact that so many brands make sweat uh, from sweatshops and <laughs> probably don't tell us, or don't yes. admit, want to admit it, um, that we get clothes that aren't, that look like they're proper, but size, but then they turn out, okay, this is like a size too small. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's definitely the case. Um, completely side issue. But there you go. Yeah, but yeah. Yes. But there we go. That's so we've, we've gone through the three. I mean, what was your, what? what's your standout one? Which one was your, is your sort of, if you, I don't, you don't have to rank them, but which is your standout really? Well, I'd have to go for just Adventure Man as well because it's more bang for the buck. Uh, mm. kind of, yeah. Well, I think Shazam's more fun and Adventure Man, I mean, Frontiersman is more intellectual. You sort of get a combination of the intellectual and the fun with mm. uh, Adventure Man. Well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you get that that that, that good mix, that happy medium that's sort yeah. of like it's 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 meeting all those needs. Um, and in fact, I've added it to my Amazon wish list. That's how much I enjoyed it. It's on there for me to pick up yeah. <coughs> later in the year. 
Um, but yeah, no, that's been cool. I mean, I've enjoyed this. I look at these, you know, that's what that's why I like doing this. I get to read people's new comics, find out why they're a bit excited about them. But uh, um, yeah, anything else you want to throw in about any any of these three uh, comics before we sort of look to wrap up? Uh, that Shazam number one is going to be hard to track down. Mm. They're looking just for the single issues, especially because everybody's with the trailer for the second movie and just the first movie, people have jacked up the prices so much for the single issues, especially number one. Yes. Um, and that the other two uh, are definitely going to, if you're politically sensitive, don't in any way, probably don't look at Frontiersmen. Yeah. Yeah. Like no matter what side side of the spectrum you're on, it's like it's something that could negate your enjoyment of. If if you're easily triggered, it may trigger yeah. you on every on on every part of the political spectrum. Like yeah, it yeah, will poke, exactly it will poke, it. it will poke fun at everybody, and that's fair in my opinion. But yes, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway. And, and as for Adventure Man, um. If you decide to, as I've said, the second story arc had some problems. Uh, I'm hoping the third is much better, mm. but we'll see. Yeah, no, but that first issue is a doozy, so it's definitely something to check out. Go try and yeah, find definitely it. worth uh, for the first one. Yeah, uh, what I would say is, I mean, I bought these off um, Comixo Comixology Amazon. Um, and they were like one pound fifty a piece, so they're easily yeah. accessible on there. Well worth. And there's other services that that probably offer it like apple and stuff oh yeah yeah you can get on some of the prices around the same so they're not expensive you just want to dip in and try these first issues which is obviously what yeah. the thing we try and do so yes no it's good excellent benjamin thank you very much for bringing uh your desert island comics uh to You're the welcome. island it's greatly appreciated we always like them on the we like to add them to the uh to the to the the library. library, yeah, the stockpile that's on the island. I'm going to have to do that at some point. I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to do a list and I'm going to have to put it on social media. But all the comics that have been added to the Desert Island Comics um, library, yes, yeah, they're on there. They're all on there. We've got all some some great ones. So I think I'm going to do that. Actually, that'd be something cool. But yes, thank you very much um, for coming on. And uh, for the ladies and gentlemen out there, um, where can people find you and uh, your outputs? Uh. Currently, uh, unfortunately, Time Trio is no longer on Comixology, but I plan on looking into globalcomics.com and some other places and seeing if I can put the first two issues that I still have. I, 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 issues three got stuck on a hard drive, external hard drive, so I got to see if I can recover that through one of the verified places that will work with that hard drive. Uh, as for, and that's my comic series with uh, Joseph Nason Smith was the artist. I've lost contact with him. So Joseph, if you're listening, I would so love to work with you again. And uh, let, we also have some great letterers and, um, oh God, I, I'm forgetting the first one's name. But if you, if you read it, you'll see that they both did good lettering and Mika Meyer, I think, or, it's either Mika or Micah Myers, who's layered tons of other books. Mm. Fantastic letterer. I screwed up on the third issue presenting. Is basically, I had a scripting error. He kept it in. And I, now I'm just going to make it into a little thing where it reveals the identity of one of the characters through other typos. Like, but these will be selected typos. Ah, nice. Incorporated. And, uh, nice. Also, there is uh, for my blog, it has changed to Ripper Spot. That's R I P P E R S S P O T dot WordPress.com. A link down below. Yeah. And uh, there is also, you can find me at comic con.com. That's C O M. Sorry, C O M I C E O N dot com. 
Oh, we'll put that in the link down below. So they'll be there. And also, uh, finally, at Sackwort. Yes. Uh, we have a, uh, you should look at for the articles I did for them. And also the, uh, I've done some editing for them, including the Dark Knight book they put out recently. Mm. Which name escapes me. Ugh. I hate when that happens. I'm never great with names. <laughs> Uh, but it, we all also are ha we'll see uh hopefully by the end of the year um the nights past a uh, starman companion oh yes yeah julian has mentioned that's been done so that'd be cool yeah another one yeah yes so yeah you know yeah go check out sequot they do some fantastic books i've heard they do a fantastic one on judge dread um well worth checking out i have not read that one yeah <laughs> You should. I think. I think. I hear the editor and contributor is is an amazing guy. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Ben, thank you very much uh, for for coming on. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you enjoy what we do, uh, if you you know you listen to all these, especially into the Desert Island comics, and you want to sort of contribute, come find us on social media. Check. You know, tell us what you think of these comics. Have you read them? Do you want to read them? What else would you bring to the uh, to the Desert Islands? Find us at at Twentieth Century Geek on Twitter. And the same across all social medias. Again, there's a link down below. But leave us a review. If you like us, leave a review. Go onto your podcast catcher, leave a five-star review and tell us you know, what you like, what you don't like. We all want the feedback. It'd be fantastic. Let us know what you think. And finally, uh, if you really love what we do and you want to help us keep the lights on in 20th Century Towers, we have a Patreon, uh, you know, www.patreon.com slash 20cgmedia. And on there, we do a whole host of things. I do a monthly podcast called 30 Minute Thoughts which is me just giving my thoughts on random topics uh, that the people vote for. Uh, we are doing trekking through the Twilight Zone, me and Julian Darius going through the Twilight Zone episode by episode um, and up to two seasons worth of stuff on there now. And I do Creator Corner as well, where I get someone on, a creator to come on, talk about their work and any other else they want to talk about. It's all good fun. So yeah, go check those things out. Again, links down below. Uh, but finally, Ben, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's been uh, it's been good fun talking about these and reading these comics, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, uh, and we'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>